Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I'm Justin Oswald, Executive Pastor. You can follow me at Twitter, at Justin Oswald. Proceed with caution. With me, as always, Pastor of Transformation Church, Brad Livingston. Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, super excited about today. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter, at Brad Livingston underscore. If you want to find me on Instagram, you can find me at the same spot, at Brad Livingston underscore. But uh, same as Justin. Follow with caution in regards to Twitter. Uh, so yeah, man, baby, <laughs> we uh, um, you know it's a it's an interesting world out there. There's a lot going on, and uh, maybe our opinions might differ a little bit than some of the others, particularly in the like hardcore conservative or hardcore liberal worlds. We're much more aligned central to some of those things than. Uh, some of you may prefer or agree with, and that's which, okay. Which is okay. Which is okay. We it's, still love you. And here's what's interesting. I get I get in trouble a little bit on, on social media um, in general because um, sometimes I post things um, that are thoughts that, that aren't a thought that necessarily I agree with. It's designed to spark uh, conversation and some dialogue, and sometimes people think I just, I've lost my mind. Yeah. Which you, is, you know, it is what it yeah, is. It is. That's probably true. But. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, as, you know, Americans and as free people um, and who desire to see our country um, do great things. And, you know, I'm not talking about the, the whole MAGA speech or anything like that. I'm just <laughs> talking about, like, uh, who desires to see genuine change, um, genuine freedom, genuine justice and all those things in our country. Um, there's just, a, there, there's a number of conversations that I think are healthy. None of which we're talking about today. None of which, uh, this is so a healthy conversation. This is a healthy conversation. Yeah. We're following so, up, um, continuing through this series on icebergs. And this was part two, um, this past Sunday, uh, dealing with the iceberg of unforgiveness. For those of you who may have missed it, the concept of this series with icebergs is, um, you know, with, with everybody, you see certain things on the surface, but what's under the surface is, is far greater than a lot of times what is seen on the surface. And uh, you've been walking us through uh, several different topics. Week one was the, the, the iceberg of fear that is in people's lives and how to deal with that. Today, we're going to be talking about the, the iceberg, dealing with the ice of uh, unforgiveness. It's a big one. It's a big one. It is. And, you know, with the idea of icebergs, that over 90% of the mass of an iceberg is under the surface. Um, but yet all we see is what's on top. And those, you know, when we look at things like fear, um, and particularly unforgiveness, um, that's really the way it goes, man. That like dealing with unforgiveness, um, you know, we see, we see something in our life that we may have, something may have happened to us, something, so, you know, someone did us wrong, betrayal, whatever we talked about those, or we will, um, and, and when we look at those things, when we, when we see them from our perspective in our life, we don't see how much they actually control us because of how much the majority of that offense is deeper in our soul, deeper in our spirit than we really like to admit. Um, and so unforgiveness, you know, we see a little bit of it in our life, but we think we can handle it and we don't recognize how significant that unforgiveness is under the surface. Yeah. And, and I would I would guess that more people deal with this than, than realize. And even if you feel like this doesn't really apply to you, um, you know, maybe then you're lying to yourself. <laughs> yeah. You play, you played yourself. <laughs> you yeah. did like, yeah, yeah. it, uh, it affects all of us. And more importantly, as the older we get, so the earlier in life, 
the situation, the betrayal, you know, the false accusation, whatever, the earlier in life it is, the, actually the more it affects the person we become. So later on in life, these the offenses that come, they become situations we learn to manage. But the earlier in life the offense was, it actually works itself out to define who we are. So our character, um, to a degree, our integrity, how we interact with people, how we allow friends in our life, uh, how we interact with coworkers, our relationship with our boss, how committed to our jobs we are, um, how excellent we are at our jobs. A lot of times, many of those things become defined by the offense that took place early in our life. So the earlier in life, the offense that we having a problem forgiving um, or even, even having a problem being honest about the unforgiveness, the earlier in life it is, the more it actually grows to define us. Yeah, we even talk and teach in our growth track class, you know, that when we're talking about the, the personality types, you know, one of the contributing things to a, a per, your personality and what type of personality you have is is past experiences, you know, um, that, that, that really does define. Uh, so let's walk through some of the, the, the things when we're talking about dealing with unforgiveness part, uh, number one was you have to admit basically that part of me is broken. Yep. Yep. Part of me is broken. And so we, you know, being in the iceberg series, you know, at, uh, at the beginning, every, uh, land mass of ice. So every giant mass of ice, uh, exists. And then at some point something happens and a piece of it breaks off. And those pieces that break off of the land mass are the icebergs. Um, and in our lives, you know, when we're born, when we're brought into this world, we're whole. You know, there's a there, there's nothing that's broken off of us. You know, we have a clean slate. Um, but as life happens and situations arise and offenses take place, uh, parts of us break off. Um, and those are the icebergs. So the iceberg of offense and unforgiveness is settled in. So we have to recognize, we have to admit that part of me is broken. Um, and when we are talking about that... We looked at some key areas um, yeah. of offense, so some uh, some causes of unforgiveness that we have to deal with. Uh, some of the things we talked about Sunday, yeah, uh, betrayal, right? You know that that's one. I mean, so uh, yeah, betrayal we put down as an act of deliberate disloyalty, right? So someone knew what they were doing. Like they 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 betrayed our trust. We asked them not to do this thing. They did it anyways. Uh, you know, whatever the case may be. That's deliberate, man. Um, so the betrayal can get in there quick and it can get in there deep in regards to causing offense that makes forgiveness uh, very difficult. Second, uh, false accusations. Yeah, so false accusations, um, which are a lies that uh, lies that attack one's character. You know what I mean? So, um, that, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but yeah. I think false accusations sometimes are, are pretty difficult to deal with um, because this day and age where we talked about this the other day, you know, where, um, the idea of innocent until proven guilty, that, that is gone. It does yeah. not exist anymore. No, no. And I had jury duty yesterday, right? <laughs> so we're sitting in the courtroom and it's kind of he's guilty. He's guilty. He's guilty. Just to get well, out of jury well, duty. <laughs> you know, I don't want to go off on a whole nother thing about jury duty, but we're, it's a federal federal. I've never had federal jury duty. Okay. So there wasn't as many people, you know, at the County, you got that whole room full of like 200 people right. and. You, you know, you hope you hope they either uh, don't call you most people so you can get to go home or whatever. But there was not that many people We're in the courtroom. And, you know, we had to get on a microphone and introduce ourselves to the judge and then the questions. and all. It was kind of cool, actually. But the, the dude is there. Like, they're starting the trial that day. As soon uh -huh. as they pick the jury, dude over here, 
Um, and they read his charges. And it was, it was serious. You know, it had to do with child pornography, distribution, and mm. publishing, and all this stuff. And uh, at one of the breaks, you know, they tell you not to talk with everyone else. Right. There was this dude behind me in one of the breaks, and um, he did not want to be there. He was telling the other guy how his wife doesn't work. He's the breadwinner and he's a mechanic. So he's there, not at work, getting paid. He just did not want to be there. And he says, the judge explained, you know, in our, about our system. You know, you're innocent until proven guilty. The defendant has no burden on him to prove his innocence. He's innocent. The prosecutors have to prove he's guilty. She was trying to explain that. Um, but you hear charges like that, you know. And the guy back there, one of the breaks, I heard him telling the his one of the dudes with him, they're sitting next to him. I guess the guy was not engaged. He was just the guy he was talking to was not engaged. And uh, he briefly said, if he was arrested and they caught this material, caught him with this material, he's guilty. Drag him out back, and I'll take care of it. You know. And I was like, one, <laughs> you you need to stop. You should stop talking well, about yeah, the case. Yeah, yeah. You know. But I I. I think we can all relate to that, like sure. in a sense. Um, if, if the mindset is that there's enough evidence to even bring charges, something that serious, he's guilty. Sure. Um, but yeah. And I think that that's an issue. I think that's an issue not to get way off on that. Yeah. I think that's an issue that we deal with, though, um, because we assume that if the source distributing the information, we assume that the source distributing the information is 100% correct oh, all the time. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, in this particular case, you know, I, I'm not saying that every cop out there is bad. I'm, that's certainly no, no, not what I'm of saying. Course not. But I'm saying there are some out there that have agendas. You know what I mean? So the cop that arrested this guy is the guy actually innocent. Right. You know what I mean? But we assume that the source distributing the information, which in this case would be the police officers and those yeah. that would, like, we assume that they're just 100% correct and that their character is just flawless. And so we take that information and that's how, and we do that in life, man. Like someone, people bring us information about somebody and it can be the most outlandish thing, but we'll believe it because I know the person telling me, so it must be true. Surely it must be true. And in reality, you know, this could be, this could have went through, it could be the telephone game. It could have went through eight people before it got to you. Um, And anyway, so we have to deal with false accusations and when dealing with false accusations, the idea of innocent until proven guilty doesn't exist. It's not true. You're guilty until proven innocent. And even then, you know, pastor has that saying, man, that just, it gets me every time that even if you are innocent, your friends don't need an explanation and your enemies don't want one. Like, mm-hmm. man, people that think you're guilty, they're just going to say you're guilty no matter right. what. Uh, and people that who are going to stand by you, they're going to stand by you no matter what. And so, um, man, yeah, false accusations, that can be a heavy one, uh, especially this time and age. You know, there's a spirit of accusation that's going around right now. I'm certainly not saying that every woman that said they had been molested hasn't. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like, man, as soon as, like, two or three people came out, it was just, like, the yeah. uproar. And here recently they started proving that some of them weren't true, that some of them were false. Yeah. Surely many, many a lot are. of them are. Surely yeah. a lot of them are. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying – now there's this spirit of accusation out there where let's just start accusing people of stuff and let's see what sticks, you know? Um, and so, gosh, that can be a, that can be a big one. That's big. So, uh, the next is rejection. Yeah. So I think this is a big one. The, the man rejection is huge. Um, because just like we talked about last week with rejection, right? So what does rejection do? Rejection creates inadequacy. Um, and so man, to not accept someone, to turn them away, to tell them they're not good enough, 
Um, and all of those things, those become deep seated character issues. Um, now when you multiply that times, uh, times, however much when you, when the reason for rejection isn't something you can control, right? So you look at, you look at a, a girl that has a baby with a guy, um, and the guy never wanted the kid to start with. And so in turn, the, the father of this child rejects this child from birth. Um, and man, you talk about what that can turn into in the mind of that child as they grow up. Now mm -hmm. you're dealing with someone that's 18, 19, 20, 30, 40 years old, um, who has to deal with this idea of unforgiveness from rejection. That is a 40 year old problem. I mean, that's right. huge, man. That, yeah. You know. and, and then go, going not as, as maybe that's an, ex I say an extreme case is very serious, but take now with what we have with social media, with kids like middle school, high school. You know, back in the day, if you weren't invited to the cool hangout back in even in, when we were in high school, uh, you may have heard about it in the hallway. But now these kids in real time are seeing they're seeing posts on Instagram Snapchat, that everybody's moment, yeah. hanging out over here and you didn't get the invite, you know, and it's like it's all in real time and they see it, um, you know, that that tell they feel rejected, sure. you know, and, sure. and whether that's is uh, maybe that's. I guess it's real for them in that moment, you know, and it, and it causes, you know, this, 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 uh, like you said, inadequacy that no one likes them. They're not good enough. You know, um, that, I guess that's one of the downsides of social media is the, the real time. Um, uh, it's no longer, it's no longer even like it was when we were, when we were in high school. No, I mean, you had to, uh, you know, someone had to go to, to CVS or Walmart or something, get mm -hmm. their photos, uh, <laughs> wow. Throwback. Pr printed out, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, had to wait three days for, their photos that get developed. Yeah. I and mean, it's, it's a different, it's a different thing now. I mean, you know, yeah, that's real. Crazy. That rejection's real. It is. And, it, and, and again, you know, when you deal with some of those things, uh, it can, it can hurt you. So I think like we said earlier, man, um, the earlier in life it happens, um, the more it grows to define you. So you can be incredibly hurt or you can be incredibly, um, man, you're you, more become about your life becomes defined by, um, this hurt and this rejection. So, um, next up is abuse. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, all kinds, all kinds, Yeah, uh, man, physical abuse, emotional abuse, and, and even getting into, you know, you have sexual abuse and, and we, as pastors, we deal with, and we hear stories, um, of people who went through some of those things, uh, that man, I mean, how some of these people even made it out to be holes yeah. is crazy. So, um, man, abuse is, is huge. Um, and there's just so many different ways that it happens. You know what I mean? I, I listened to, um, I was, as a matter of fact, I was listening to NF the other day um, and his song Mansion. And you can just hear. He's sad. Like, you can yeah. hear the, he needs gosh. A, he needs a hug. <laughs> NF needs a hug. And, and F, his music is a, good. His, My boy needs a hug. He does need a hug, you know, but... Uh, I think he's I think he's dealing with his pain with music, and I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. But um, and some people do it with art and with painting and with you know whatever. But at the end of the day, um, I mean, you talk about abuse, you talk about what people have gone through. It it can really shape them. And so dealing with the idea of forgiveness for people who are dealing with abuse, and then lastly, the one we put on the list was humiliation. Um, no one likes to be humiliated. No one. You know, um, when someone is humiliated. They have to deal with shame, disgrace, uh, degrade, dishonor. And the, the thing that we have to deal with with humiliation is for the most part, um, someone created that humiliation for us deliberately. 
Um, and so we're going to have to deal with the unforgiveness that comes from that type of situation. So, um, yeah, so that's the list. That's, those are just the um, five things that we put down for reasons why someone would have to forgive someone else. So um, for being and the part of them that's broken. Right. Part of them that's broken. Yeah. So we, we become broken through one of those five areas, betrayal, false accusations, rejection, abuse and humiliation. So. Um, which leads us to number two. Number two, dealing with the ice of unforgiveness. You need to be for real. Be for real. Come on. Be for real. Right? Yeah, and you you were talking about in the in the message, you know, about people uh, bringing this up, like, you know, they maybe you have unforgiveness towards someone and, and they, they come up and, you know, I, I don't really care. You yeah. know, I, I don't care about that. I'm moving on when really. You do care. You care. You care. You Stop care. lying. Right? Uh, and that's the thing. We got to be for real. You know, we're never going to become whole until we become real about how hurt we are uh, with whatever situation it is. You know, and we tend to, well, no, nah, you know, I don't really care. It's not that big a deal. Um, you know, it doesn't really affect me. Uh, I never cared anyways. I never loved them. They were never really my friend. We really try to write off our offenses um, and hide them under the guise of how good we, how good we think we are at hiding it. And in reality, we're not. Um, and until we deal with it, it's going to continue to be a problem um, in our mind, in our heart. It's going to continue to keep us awake at night. Yep. It's going to continue to cause us to not want to go to events that those people might be at. It's going to like, man, it'll really. So we have to be for real because you're never going to deal with it until you're honest about the problem. Yeah, because it affects, you know, I, I think a lot of times the, what pops into mind is like relationships. But, you know, think of think of churches, right? You know, you have someone that gets offended or maybe maybe something for real happens and you know for long someone's not even attending church anymore because of what you just said maybe someone's going to be there you know last time I was there I was hurt or, or whatever it's like man it's interfering with like your relationship even with God you know it's like you're not even sure. not even in the fellowship or we're getting to worship and all these things it's like just get for real and 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 make steps to deal sure yeah do I mean we have to deal with it you know um so and we, and we, in that we used Ephesians 4, 26, 27, where it says, uh, and do not sin by letting anger control you. It says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, uh, for anger gives a foothold to the devil, you know, and just talking about dealing with it. I shared one of my stories, how someone came to me, you know what I mean? It was the, uh, someone came to me with information that said somebody that said somebody that, you know, and it's like, we're five people deep into this like yeah. hypothetical about how someone was upset with me <laughs> about something. Probably was never said. Probably or, or was never it said. Was that many people, or, or it was, was twisted. Yeah, 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 it yeah. Was, false accusation. No, uh, so, um, and so it was. It had kind of been twisted around, and so man, I just grabbed my phone right then, uh, called them, and I remember the person sitting next to me that was telling me this was like, no, 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 you can't say anything because I was told not to say anything. You know, and it was like seriously like i'm not doing this right <laughs> yeah. now like we're gonna deal with this we're gonna deal with it fast like so i called the person hey i heard this and the the person said i don't know what you're talking about and i said meet me at starbucks in an hour we're gonna talk about it and we did and we come to find out there were some things that we were dealing with between the two of us but nothing like like what was being said yeah. you know what i mean um and that's the whole thing. Like, Imagine that. I mean, yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. But um, the whole thing was, man, how many times have I heard something that someone said, quote unquote, they said, 
Um, and then it keeps me up that night. It, it, and then I become bitter. I can't believe this person would say this about me. I can't believe they're lying. Like this never happened. I can't believe that they're lying about me. Now I'm dealing with unforgiveness in my heart and bitterness in my heart. And now I'm angry because this person is saying these things that aren't true. And come to find out, it's not even true that they said it. Like they didn't say. Right. And so, like, right. man, sometimes we have to deal with the fact you that you saved yourself. Like, yeah, yeah, like golly, sh- <clears throat> like, man, don't let the sun go down before you at least acknowledge what you're dealing with and start the process. You may not be able to get your father who abused you 30 years ago on the phone today to deal with it, but man, you have to start dealing with it in your heart. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, we have to start really channeling how we're going to allow this to continue to affect us. So, man, especially in regards to anger. Um, so, the, you know, Ephesians is pretty clear. Like, we need to deal with stuff like this fast because I believe that Paul is well aware of some of the things we deal with. Mm-hmm. And like, man, you know, don't let the sun go down while you're so angry because otherwise you're going to become ineffective in, in the kingdom. Like, how many times have we, you know, I can talk for myself, how many times have I um, snubbed my wife because of something that happened to me, you know, that day? You know what I mean? And yeah. so imagine if we're constantly dealing with things that aren't true. How is it affecting us and our relationships with our friends and our spouses, our children, you know, our pets, which I know you're not, nope. you know, whatever, but, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> but, uh, nonetheless, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how does it affect us on, on a consistent basis? So very good. I like the, I like number three, desire, freedom, desire, freedom. It's, Absolutely. It's a big one. And you, you had mentioned that, you know, freedom, um, in this, and, and you talked about what forgiveness is not, which I always like. Um, I always like, especially with lists and things, when you're talking about something, I always like when we talk about what it isn't, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I, I think this was important because surely in this kind of conversation or in a, in a sermon like this, you're going to have people sitting that say, well, to, if I forgive this person, then this, then this. And so, so you gave a list of what forgiveness is not. Let's, let's talk about some of those. You know, the first one was, it's not approval of what they did. Correct. Yeah. Whoever hurt you, hurt you. Um, and it's not okay. Whatever someone did to you, um, it's not okay. You forgiving them doesn't approve what they did. So, you know, in, in this whole list, all of this, the ones we're about to name off here, all six of them, everything we're going to bring to the surface, um, and none of this is saying um, that it didn't happen or whatever. None of it is approving um, all of it has to do, actually, all of it has to do with you as the person forgiving, and all of it has very little to do with the person that you are forgiving. Right. Like, forgiveness is for the forgiver, not for the person receiving the forgiveness. Freedom comes through the forgiveness, and it's for the person that has been hurt. It's not for the person who did the hurt. They may not even know you forgave them. They may not even know they hurt you. Right. Well, that, yes. Like, how many times do we have conversations with people and go, I didn't even know you were angry about Like, I didn't even know I hurt that. So, yeah, dealing with that is very real. So, approval, it's not approving what they did. What they did is never okay, right? Even if they didn't know they hurt you, the fact that they hurt you is never okay, and you forgiving them doesn't change that, right? Yeah. Uh, second one, what do you got, Justin? Um, excusing what they did. It doesn't excuse it. Right. So again, kind of hand in hand, but in this case, um, it's not making an excuse, right? So it's not saying, oh, well, they did this because like, no, no, no. If if you're going to forgive them and you're going to be free, it doesn't mean you're making an excuse or someone else is going to make an excuse for what they did. Um, There is no excuse for the offense that came into your life, right? Right. Um, 
Uh, there, we can, we, you know, old sayings, I have reasons, but they're not excuses, you know? So it can be someone hurts you because they were hurt. You know, uh, you, your father may have abandoned you, but their father abandoned them. Yeah. And that's the only thing they know. Like, so there are, but there are plenty of reasons, but there are no excuses yeah, and, and you forgiving them doesn't excuse what they did. Yeah. I like the reasons, not excuses thing. I use that. You yeah. know, if I didn't do something I said I was going to do unintentionally, you know, it's not an excuse that I got held up at a meeting, but it is a reason. Yeah. And know? I still owe you an apology. Yeah. Yeah. For I was still wrong. But I'm just giving you the reason. It's certainly not an excuse. It doesn't make what I did okay. And for those of you out there that have been hurt, you're dealing with an offense, you're dealing with unforgiveness towards these people, we need to move towards forgiveness, but realizing that as we move towards forgiveness, it doesn't excuse what they did, um, and it doesn't make it okay. That's right. So. Uh, next, it doesn't uh, justify what they did. Forgiveness right. isn't justifying what they did to you. Correct. So even going back to the, these three kind of work together, right? Approving um, excusing and justifying. So forgiving them doesn't justify, um, what they did again, doesn't make it okay. Um, and when you say, I'm going to forgive you, it doesn't create a justification. It doesn't mean that now it was right. It doesn't mean that like, Oh, okay, well, if I forgive them, um, they have, you know, reason to do it again or whatever the case may be. Like that's certainly not, um, not, not the case. So justification, approval, excuse and justification all kind of run in the same lane. Um, uh, but no, not forgiveness. This is a big one. The next one is, um, you know, it's forgiveness is not total reconciliation. Yeah. Total reconciliation is big on, uh, what we're talking about with this particular one, because what we all tend to think is, okay, if I forgive them, that means we have to go back to the way we were. Yeah. And I don't, I, because I can't go back to the way we were, I can't forgive them. And in reality, you don't have, like, you never have to go back to the relationship. And I would dare to say, unless God does something very unique in you and in that person, you never will go back to the way things were. Your relationship will never go back to what it was. But total forgiveness, true forgiveness is not total reconciliation. We're not reconciling our differences. We're not reconciling uh, what happened. We're not saying, you know, going back, it's not saying it's okay, but we're also not trying to become, you know, if your dad hurt you and he hurt you for 18 straight years while you were growing up until you moved out and now all of a sudden you're 35 and he wants to pop back up in your life. It doesn't mean that you guys have to become the Brady Bunch. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) it doesn't mean that you guys are just going to, because you're forgiving him, uh, that now you have to have this phenomenal relationship. Like that's, it, it's not reconciliation. It's freedom. Like it's free, forgiveness it's freeing is yourself. freeing yourself yeah. from dealing with on a consistent basis, what they did to you. Um, and so, yeah, total reconciliation, not the case with forgiveness whatsoever. Not at all. Uh, the next one, um, is, is it's not denying what they did kind of, similar to the, the, the top three, the first three. Yeah. So it's not denying, like, you know, some people I, I have sat with psychiatrists and, and some of these others where they, they try to encourage, um, some of them try to encourage. And then obviously most of them don't that, you know, you just need to build up this wall in your mind against what happened so that you don't keep reliving it. And it's like, man, that's not going to work. Like denying what this person did to me is not going to get me to a place of forgiveness. Like, um, which I think is one of the big flaws with, you know, secular, sure. like, like psychiatry and stuff like that. Not saying we shouldn't go. I'm just saying we really need to weigh what we hear from people like that against what the Bible says. Cause we really like forgiveness 
and being whole, right? Because what is our ultimate desire? Our ultimate desire is that we fulfill the purpose God has for us, that we can make a difference in people's lives. Like that's where we want to be. Um, and so denying what happened and pretending it didn't happen and uh, all those things, that's, that doesn't help us. Like that doesn't get us anywhere. Um, and it certainly doesn't lead us to a path of freedom, which leads us to wholeness, which leads us to purpose. Like it, it certainly does not help on that journey whatsoever. No. Um, and so, yeah, we, we uh, certainly have to realize that denying what they did is not going to fix that. Then lastly, uh, forgiveness is not uh, forgetting. Yeah. So we've all heard the, uh, I, I love this. Yeah. We've all heard forgive and forget. Yeah. Right? And I always said like, if I could forget, I wouldn't need to forgive. Right. Like, exactly. <laughs> like if, if we could forget, we wouldn't need forgiveness. Right. right? You know right. what I mean? Like 100%. So forgive and forget is like that, 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 that saying is just incorrect. Sure. Like it's just wrong. hundred percent, hundred percent. And, uh, so on Sunday I told a story. Yeah. Um, Your elbow. Know, yeah, my elbow and, uh, like you can see it, right? Yeah. The scar on my elbow. Um, and so I have this, I have a scar on my elbow. It was bad. Like it was, it was really, really bad. Um, and when I was younger, man, playing, playing hockey in the driveway and fell on my elbow and you know, they wanted to do stitches the whole nine. It's a, it's a significant scar. I think mainly because of where it's located, but, um, the long and short of the story was I was talking about how even today like it doesn't hurt anymore. Um, you know, but even today when I'm getting ready in the mornings and stuff, um, I'll see it every once in a while. I'll see it and and I'll think back to how how bad it hurt. Yeah, you know, and and here we got to go to the hospital and they got to, you know, they it, it was on it was in the driveway. There's rocks and dirt. They had to clean the rocks and the dirts out of it. You know, with that wool stuff. Um, and then they put like mm. some straight up alcohol mm-hmm. on it. And let me tell you something. That junk burned. Yes, <laughs> like it it hurts so bad. Um, and so when I see it. I remember how bad it hurt. I remember them cleaning the dirt out of it. I remember the sting of the alcohol. So I remember how bad it hurt to have the initial wound. Um, I remember how bad it hurt to have it cleaned out so that it wouldn't get infected. Um, And then I remember the healing process that came from it. And we tend to think that our offenses in life aren't going to have that same process. Like the initial wound hurts. Um, but then we have to clean it out and then we have to let it heal. Um, and what many of us tend to do is we, we tend to just for, try to forget what happens, which means we have the, the pain of the initial wound, but then we never clean, we never clean it. Uh, and therefore it never heals properly. And we wonder why our life feels so infected. Yep. And it's like, nah, man, like you, we have to deal with this and we really have to let our life go through the process of dealing with this wound. We all get wounded. Yeah. It happens to all of us. All you did was put a bandaid on it. And now years later, it's, it's starting to black and yeah, yeah, it's, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's now it's dead skin, like dead areas of your life. I mean, we really, that's, that's what we have going on. People never dealt with their offenses. Um, and so when we try to just forget quote unquote, um, when we try to just forget what happens, we never really deal with it. Um, and since we never really dealt with it, we can never be free from it. Because now it's infected. It's an it's it's infected, which is affecting so much of our life. Yeah, it reminded me of that Papa Roach song from like oh five. Oh, scars. Uh oh. The song Scars. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. It says Scars remind us that the past is real. Like you know, it's yeah. like it's okay to even have the scars. Like yeah. That that's what that remind your story about the scar. I mean, what it reminds you of reminded me of that song though. But it's like it, like it reminds us like that sure. stuff is real. It happens. 
But, sure. But it's not it's not defining who you are. And we totally underestimate it. We 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 underestimate the value of what those things can be in our life. You know what I mean? I think back to um I think back to like the Spartans, you know, who valued scars because it meant that they made it through whatever it is that gave it to them. And we don't see scars that way. We see scars as ugly, um, you know, but man, if we could train, retrain our mind to see, to see the parts of our life that used to mean, um, that used to represent pain and sickness. And we could start seeing them as the things that God brought us through. Every time you look back at something, if you can truly become free from it because you truly forgive someone for what they did and you truly move past it, you don't forget, you forgive and you move beyond what it was. Uh, when you, If you can truly do that, um, then you look at your scars as something you are victorious over, yeah. not something that continues to define you, right? Um, and uh, that quote, man, the quote that I had put in my uh, notes that true forgiveness can be identified uh, when you want to be whole more than you want to be heard, um, which, man, mm-hmm. like, you know, people are always like, well, you know, I would forgive them if I can't, like, but we still want to talk about how, you know, whoever did us wrong and how bad it was. Um, and when you're ready to stop telling the story of how, how bad this person hurt you and you're ready to just be free, um, then then you're ready yeah. to forgive. But as long as you still want to tell someone how bad that person is because of the way they hurt you, you're not ready. And that can be tough for people. I mean, because for so long they deal with it and carry it that it's like, it becomes familiar, you know? Sure. And well, it, it, yeah. It, you know, the, it defines them. It, yeah. The, the familiarity of even the victim or the quote unquote, being able to play that victim, you know? So, yeah. No, absolutely. So uh, let's move on to number four, Joe. What you got? Number four, deal with the depth of the iceberg. Dealing with the depth. So, man, uh, when we talk about dealing with the depth, what we're talking about is how deeply rooted um, this pain is, how deeply rooted the effect of it is. So kind of coming full circle back around from what we talked about earlier, where we have to be honest with ourselves about how significant the, the offense was, the pain was, the abuse was, the rejection, humiliation, whatever it is. When we're dealing with the depth, you know, recognizing that as we're looking at the offense, many of us have, again, lied to ourselves. Man, on the surface, this doesn't seem like it's that big a deal. But underneath the surface, man, it, it's just controlling. Uh, it's controlling our emotions. And one of the things that we don't recognize because we look at ourselves and what is the biggest thing whenever when we start talking about this whole conversation about forgiveness, the main thing we hear out of people whenever we introduce the idea of forgiveness to them um, is a phrase I've heard it a lot with dealing with people forgiveness, which is I'm not strong enough. I'm not strong enough to forgive that person. And when, when we acknowledge that we're not strong enough, I think at that point we're starting to acknowledge how deep this issue issue Mm -hmm. is in our life. We can forgive this person for that. We can even forgive that person for that thing. We can forgive all these people for all these different things. Um, But at the end of the day, man, uh, we, can't forgive this one person for this one thing that they did we're recognizing how deep that issue really is right so we have to deal with the depth of the offense um and so people come in and they say i'm not strong enough i'm not strong enough to forgive that person for what they did it hurts so bad it was such a big deal It, it it was this it was that and as we deal with that um we can deal with the depth but even what we talked about man um 
that when we say we're not strong enough, we're admitting our weakness. And when we can't, when we can finally admit our weakness, that's when we can allow Christ's strength to be made perfect in us, yeah. right? I mean, the scripture is clear that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So our victory to overcome the offense that has hit us is strictly lying within Christ's ability to be strong in the areas that we are not strong enough, which means it takes us to number five, which is what is number five? <laughs> Let them go. Let them go. Let right? them go. So, which means that if we're going to deal with the depth, we have to get to the point that we're going to let Jesus and we're going to let Christ take control of my offense with this person and I'm going to let them go and I'm going to give them to God. Now, just like we said Sunday, I'm not giving them to God so that God can bless them with a bus to the face. You know what I'm saying? Like That's not what we're talking about. It's not that we're giving them to God so that God can deal with them appropriately. You know, yeah. quote unquote, it's not what we're talking about. It's genuinely giving the offense over to God. Like, you know what? God, whatever, whatever this is and however this is going to continue to um, be in my life, if this is going to be a part of my testimony, if this is going to be a part of how you can be victorious in situations that don't even look like are possible for you to be victorious, whatever that looks like, you have to let them go. Um, like, you have to give it away. You have to. It's it's that old that old saying that... that I guess it's old. I've heard is is like you know they say drink uh, having unforgiveness in in your life is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. You yeah, know? it's like it is a poison. Just yeah, let let them deal deal with it. Deal with the first four points and then let them go. Like, yeah, there was another one I heard not too long ago. It was like dealing with unforgiveness is like setting yourself on fire and hoping the other person dies from smoke inhalation. Yeah, that's that's I like that one too. Yeah, it's like it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> it no. doesn't work. You know. Yeah. Um, and if we're honest, like how many of us that deal with offenses are dealing with someone that's something that someone did to us, um, we're lying awake at night and they're sleeping fine. They are not thinking about us. You know, so we think that by holding unforgiveness on our heart, we're really sticking it to them. You know what I mean? I'm never going to forgive them for what they did. (laughs) It's like, it's almost funny. I mean, it's not, but it is, it's funny because you're right. Some of this is so, so old and you know. Yeah, your husband was mean to you, and or worse, or worse. But you know, it's ten years ago, and he's he's asleep right now. He's sleeping fine. Like, he's sleeping fine. You're awake, yeah. and you think you're really sticking it to him, you yeah. know? Or your wife, you know? Some of you men out there, like your wife did you wrong, and so you're not gonna uh, forgive her, um, and or, you know, or a parent or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So you're you're lying awake at night, like I'm never gonna forgive them for what they did. And they're doing just fine without your forgiveness because forgiveness isn't for you. Forgiveness is for the person who our forgiveness isn't, isn't for them. Yeah, it's for it's you. for you. Like forgiveness is for you. It's, it's available to you. It's for you so that you can be free. You got to let them go. I love Tim Keller. The quote we put by Keller, who just one of my favorite authors. I love Tim Keller. You know what I mean? Which is so funny because he's in a complete different circle then yeah. we're in culturally from a society level, you know, there, he's up there in New York. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, and I think in his late sixties, early seventies, um, at a very traditional church, which goes to show you that like, man, I love to learn from people who are great leaders who yeah. are like, I don't care their context. W- wisdom has no bounds. Amen to that. So <laughs> Tim Keller says forgiveness while free to the recipient is very costly to the giver. So, man, if you're going to forgive someone, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you some pride. Um, it's going to cost you, um, you know, whatever it takes to deal with that offense. 
man, it's going to cost you something. You have to give it. But here's the deal. Here's the reason why. And we'll, we'll wrap up with this. The reason why you can forgive them is because you have been forgiven. Christians, shame on us, us for holding someone to a different standard than we get to operate in with Christ. Like, man, (laughs) man, like we tend to over, you know, I I, I remember a quote, I saw it by someone else where uh, it said that we tend to judge everyone by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. That's good. (laughs) like and uh man shame on us for not seeing that what we do to christ what we do in light of the cross as we sin and as we mess up and as we so desperately need to be forgiven each and every day like we need mercy every day we need grace every day as we do it like as we walk on that journey together uh we don't consider the fact that the same mercy that we need is the same mercy that we should give like the same mercy we receive is the same mercy that we need to give and i know that like that is not easy but man if you're going to be free then you're going to have to forgive and to forgive means it's going to means it's going to cost you something and since it's going to cost you something you have to be prepared to pay the price for forgiveness but here's the deal if you can pay the price then you can walk in forgiveness and if you can walk in forgiveness that man, you get to walk in freedom and in purpose um, and in the fulfilled life, man, that God has for you. Hello. Yeah, I mean, yeah. hey, you know, it's the the life that you want is out there. Some of you just got to go get it. I love waking up every day. I can't wait to get to the office, mainly because I get to work with Justin, and it's just you know we have a blast yeah, here. Work. Karen, I love work, Heather, yeah. I mean, we we have a good time here at the office. Yeah. But I love life, man. There are things about my life right now that I could change in a heartbeat. Many of you know my story. I'm not going to get into that. There are things about my life that I would change in a heartbeat, but here's the deal. I love what we do. Um, and I love being free from just all the pain and all the things that, um, have gone on in my life up until now. And here's the deal guys, the life you want is out there. It's available to you. The freedom to wake up and not feel the weight of everything around you. It's out there. You got to go get it. And it's only found in Christ. And and here's the thing. It's like, if this, if, if these, if this iceberg, this unforgiveness, so many people deal with and like what we're saying is, is, is speaking to people out there or to someone out there. It's like, just why not try it? Like you've done it the other way. You've harbored the unforgiveness. You've harbored, like, like, you know, if you're, if you're tired and you're weary, like try it, see what happens. Like, it's just crazy talk. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, try it. It's like, crazy talk. Yeah. I, I dare you, you know, that, type, you know, just, yeah. Well, and here's the thing that I think, you know, we have to, many of you listening are going to have to admit and understand is that for some of you, you're going to have to, um, put to death your unforgiveness each day. So going back to the forgetting thing, you're not going to forget what happened. So I think that as you forgive them, you're going to have to, at least for a little while, continue to remind yourself like, no, 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 I'm letting that go. You know what I mean? I'm I'm, I'm letting that go. I'm letting that person go, um, you know, each morning. Um, you know, declare like, man, I am no longer going to be bound by unforgiveness. I'm no longer going to remain in the handcuffs or un, uh, you know, in the ties of unforgiveness. I'm going to be free because I'm letting that person go. So God, I want you to take the bitterness from me, um, because you got to release the bitterness to be whole. So God, I want you to take the the bitterness away from me. I want you to take the unforgiveness away from me, and I want you, God, to help me forgive this person 
for the pain that they've caused. Because we're not strong enough on our own to no. forgive these people. We're really not. I mean, we we're we are, um, you know, at our core, we are still sinful people. And until we step into our redeemed self in heaven, you know, our spiritual, our new beings, our new creations, until we get to step into that, we're we're going to continue to deal with this. So we have to continue to ask God, help me deal with this unforgiveness that I have in my heart, this bitterness, um, this situation, these offenses, all these things. Help me deal with this because I want to be whole and then let it go and yes. and take every thought captive. Like the Bible says, like when the, when it starts to come back to you, when it starts to hit you, when it starts to haunt you, when you start to feel that, um, you know, angry or whatever, um, take that thought captive. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm declaring that I'm not going to continue to sit in this bitterness anymore. I'm letting it go. So boom. All right. Unforgiveness folks, we got to deal with it. So real quick, let's go over those five, just the five main points, Justin, rattle them off for us real quick. Five main points. Number one, uh, part of me is broken. Need to, to, to acknowledge that. Number two, need to be for real. Three, desire freedom. Four, deal with the depth. And five, let them go. Let them go. All right, guys. Hey, listen, um, and thank you so much for tuning in today uh, to part two of the Iceberg series with our weekly follow-up podcast. I am Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at TC. You can find me at um, on Twitter, Instagram, at Brad Livingston underscore. Um, Justin, where you at? Twitter, at Justin Oswald, and Instagram, at Justin underscore Oswald. And then you can also find Transformation Church online, transformationchurch.com, or on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. There you go, fellas, ladies. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you guys next week with another episode of the weekly follow-up podcast right here at TC. God bless.